There is no better way to kick off Halloween weekend and celebrate my birthday than with a live show in our hometown of Dallas, Texas. For one night only, we're presenting a special live show at the iconic Texas Theater in Dallas, Texas. It will be our last Sinisterhood live show of 2022, so you don't want to miss it. If you want first dibs on tickets and limited VIP meet and greet passes, head to our Patreon and join at the Ruling the Airwaves tier or higher. Patreon presale will be happening on Wednesday, September 7th. Check patreon.com slash sinisterhood for details. Tickets go on sale to the general public this Friday, September 9th at 10 a.m. Central. Head to sinisterhood.com slash live shows for links and more details, and we'll see you in Dallas on October 27th. Fills with dread, probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. Well, happy Friday, everyone. We've made it through another week and ready to get our freak on. <laughs> like Missy Elliott once said. That's right. Get your freak on. And that what she meant was send in stories about mm-hmm. cryptids, true crime, paranormal experiences, and let us share it with you and discuss. That's exactly what she meant. You know when Garth Brooks went back and like added an additional line to Friends in Low Places? Or like yeah, the... The hidden yeah, verse. I, she's going to do that. Hell yeah. She's going to go back and amend that song and include <laughs> a shout out to us. That's right. Missy, well, we know you're listening, so thank you in advance. And if she ever wants to be on, you're oh, welcome. She's yeah. welcome. Standing invitation. If you know Missy Elliott, let her know. Standing you know what? Invitation. There's uh, Most celebrities have a standing invitation to be on the show. Pretty much, yeah. I yeah, mean, there's some that we're going to say no to. Or we let him on and we roast him. Yeah, or that. So you know what? All celebrities welcome, and then you get to see if we're a fan or not once you're on the no show. Promises. We don't tell you ahead of time. You got to find out on the show. It's all it's all for you. Speaking of all for you, Christy, you've uh, assembled a lineup, quite a lineup today. We got some some creepy ones in this one for sure. These thank were all you to recently submitted, so thank you to everybody that um, has recently set these in. So one. I'm going to be thinking about for a while. The last several- one. The last one. Oh, they're, they're so good. All of them. Thank you so, to everyone. And all, I mean, like all of our Freaky Friday stories, we're still, there's so many submissions, but nevertheless, please continue to send yours in. Sometimes we get DMs or comments. Mm-hmm. People go, man, I have a story. Well, I'll email it to you or I'll tell you in person or they'll try to just in a DM be like, man, I have a story. Just take a minute. If you feel nervous about typing it, go to the voice notes. Not voice notes. Go to the, you know, where it tap to voice text and speak it out and then, you know, edit it, mm-hmm. format it, and then you can send it in. If writing is intimidating, maybe telling it, you know, and letting Siri type it for you or whatever app type it, Google, and then uh, send it in that way. Let but those AIs do their, do their stuff. <laughs> also, if you have pictures or videos or something that accompany your submission, please email those to us at SinisterhoodPodcast at gmail.com. Some of the ones I was going to include today said that they had videos and pictures, but we don't have them. And I would love to see those before we read them. So I am going to reach out to 
to the ones that I have email addresses for. But going forward, if you if you saw an, a UFO and you have video, please email that to us separately because we can't uh, attach things in the form. But it, and there's also info on the form if you don't have a pencil and you can't write it down right now. I assume a you pencil. Use pencil. <laughs> I assume you have a pencil. If you don't have your pencil and paper. Your quill, your quill and ink. If you're available to take that information down. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've traveled back in time. Okay, well, this first one is, uh, no, I won't say it's sweeter. The the subject line is kind of funny, but then it gets kind of weird. But this is from Alexis, and this is, ghost wanted to eat my hamster? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, we forgot to say, let's get freaky. I was, I didn't want to interrupt because you're excited about the hamster, I but am. you know, it was going to itch my brain. I got to go back. It. Yeah. I'll, we'll just, that's us reversing. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. With this hamster. <laughs> Chaos. I mean, you know what? Remember, remember in the eighties when that rumor ran around that Richard about, Gere. <laughs> I think it was a gerbil, but same, same thing. <laughs> Was that true? No. I don't think think so. I mean, I assume all that stuff is fake. But what a rumor to have around Hollywood about you. Across the world. God damn, that's embarrassing. The age before the... He had no internet. It wasn't even like, oh, I've read this viral story shared online. It was just mouth to mouth. mouth mouth. (laughs) You know what I mean, though? It was just like... Damn. Here's the tail. Yeah. I don't... It was... (laughs) How did that get started? How does anything get started? But Richard Gere, we also know you're a listener, so we just want to say uh, apologies from the If you want to send in subject line, people start a rumor about a gerbil in my ass (laughs) from Richard, and you want to tell your story, we're here to share it. So I'm just saying. Or if you put anonymous, we're not going to out you. So we assume it's richardgere at (laughs) gmail.com is where this will come from. That's right. Well, yes, this is from Alexis, and this is Ghost wanted to eat my hamster? Hey, ladies, I wanted to share... Did I say get let's get freaky? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Hey, ladies, I wanted to share my experience. I don't know if I did. Because I said with the hamster. Okay, you did. Yeah, okay. I was... And by the way, not a tiny hamster. I was thinking of the ones that drove those Kias around. <laughs> the ones that would dance. I hate that ones. commercial so much. Bum, 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 bam, bam, bam. God, I hate it. Sorry. It's, it's, Alexis, we're here for you. Too, we're listening. It's too much. Okay, Alexis, please, uh, we accept our apologies. Also, we could edit all this out, but Don't guess what? We're not going to because we're on a time crunch, baby. Happy Friday. <laughs> hey, ladies. I wanted to share my experience with what I've concluded is either a ghost or a straight-up glitch in the Matrix. This story takes place in my first apartment where I lived with three other women. We were all second years in college and stoked to no longer have to deal with the disgusting, bug-riddled dorms that our college forced us to live in our first year. Classy of them, right? Anyway, the year started off great. We all lived together well, were having weekly wine nights, and getting into the usual shenanigans you'd expect of a bunch of burnout 19-year-olds. About a month of living together, stuff started getting... Weird? Our front door would start shaking at random times throughout the day. I hear tapping on my windows at night, and sometimes random objects would just straight up go missing. Some of it was food, pretty sure I know who was behind that, but other stuff was things I don't think anyone would actually want. 
like the lid to my food processor, only the lid, the TV remote, and one of my roommate's shoes. I still came up with explanations for all of this. I was pretty sure one of my roommates was just fucking with the rest of us. These and other small annoyances kept happening throughout the year, so I started joking about how our apartment was haunted. Soon, we were crediting every minor inconvenience to the ghost. But there's this one thing that happened that I simply can't explain. Halfway through the year, we decided to get a hamster for the apartment. His name was Rocky, named after a local cider, not the movie, and he was the cutest little shit I've ever seen. Soon after we got him, I noticed a fork was sitting next to his cage. Weird. So I put it in the dishwasher. No biggie. It appeared again. I again put it in the dishwasher. The fork kept appearing. So I eventually stopped putting it in the dishwasher because I'm fucking lazy and didn't want to deal with it anymore. I asked one of my roommates if she knew why the fuck there was a fork next to his cage. And she said she thought that one of our other roommates was using it to sift around through all the bedding in Rocky's cage to find him when he was hiding. Made sense to me. Fast forward to the summer. All of my roommates moved out, but I stayed for a couple extra months to work in town because the lifeguarding jobs paid better there than in my hometown. After a couple of weeks, I noticed that the fork was still next to the hamster cage and moved it into the dishwasher. My roommates weren't there anymore so there was no point in it being there. I went to go chill in my room and came out to the living room a few hours later to watch some TV and decided Rocky could use some playtime running around in his hamster ball. Y'all, the fork was sitting next to the fucking hamster cage. I literally froze in my tracks. I'm 110% certain that I put the fork away and now it was back? What the fuck? I literally started crying and ran and locked myself in my room. I was too anxious to call anyone because all my friends would have given me shit for crying over a goddamn fork. And to be honest, I would have too if one of them called me about the same thing. The next morning, I came out of my room and yep, I hadn't imagined it. The fork was still there. Part of me wanted to put it away and see if it would reappear like it had the previous night but I ended up being too chicken and just left the fork there until I moved out. I guess the ghost wanted to eat my hamster or some shit? Or maybe it was a glitch in the Matrix. Who knows? Anyway, hope that the mental image of a 19-year-old girl crying over a fork brought you guys some laughs. Let me know if you guys can think of an explanation, because I seriously can't think of one that makes sense, aside from the good old apartment ghost. Ooh... Stuff being moved around when there's no other person, that is a chill up the spine. Because we talk about it, it implies that the ghost has hands or can pick things up and move them. Has, and that's has what... enough energy to move actual objects. I hate the tapping on the window. Yeah. Ooh. Again, because it's like, that means it has fingernails or at or least just, fingers. You know, you hear that and you look out and nothing. Yeah, I hate everything about it. The... I, I could have explained all of this up until the roommates moved out of the apartment. The only thing I can think of, and she says she's 110% sure she moved it, was that maybe she hadn't. But I'm going to, I have no reason to not, not believe Alexis. So I'm going to assume she knows what she's talking about. And to come back out and that's there that's a Stephen King moment you're just like what the fuck and don't feel bad that you locked yourself in your room and cried I've cried in my room over much sillier things than this if I knew (laughs) that I had 
moved something and then I came back out and it was in the exact same place, I would have left the house. I wouldn't have even gone to my room. I would have straight up moved out, grabbed Rocky and left right then and there. Put him in his ball, jump in your car, drive home, <laughs> like drive to your parents' house or something and be like, can we stay with y'all? Mm-hmm. It's not safe. They're trying to get him with the fork. God. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. I'm glad that it wasn't in the cage. Next thing you come out, it's in the cage. Or, yes, or worse. Yes. You're, when you said Stephen King, I thought very horrific things and I'm glad that never happened. Yes. And that Rocky was nice and safe Sweet and Rocky. the fork didn't get him. Yes. And also... God bless and Godspeed if you're uh, in college and have to live with roommates because those were some of the worst days of my life. Oh, whoa. Yeah. 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 I had some some good ones. Mm-hmm, I had same. some bad ones. I don't talk to any of them anymore. <laughs> I hope <laughs> they're all something. doing great. <laughs> <laughs> well, this next one is from Reese, and this is called Deadline. Hey, hey, I am a longtime listener and love you both. You make me laugh and send chills down my spine with every episode. So here's my opportunity to return the spooky favor. This is my brush with true crime. It happened back when I was just about graduated from high school. I lived in Rochester, New York, and attended one of the better-known high schools in the state. However, its notoriety at the time of this story is much more sinister, not to sound corny. My best friend Alex, real name withheld, was the editor for the school literary magazine and worked with two siblings we often referred to as the Rideout Boys. One of them in particular was associated with the Lit Mag and worked closely with Alex prior to our senior year, so when he was a senior and we were juniors. One morning, Alex and I started hearing the breaking news that a body had been found chemically burned beyond recognition in a local park, almost too appropriately named the Devil's Bathtub. Police came upon the body that morning and noticed the chemicals poured across its face and hands, as well as that the body had been partially wrapped and dragged to the location in a tarp. As the officers are attempting to identify the body, a phone goes off. The officers quickly located the phone in the victim's pocket and were able to identify the body as that of Craig Rideout, the father of the two Rideout boys me and Alex had come into contact with the previous year. What was crazy was that the boys didn't seem upset about their father being murdered. They were a bit estranged from him, the full story being that their parents were going through a brutal and tumultuous separation, and their mother had continually told them horrible things about their dad that slowly turned them against him completely. Alex and I were shocked at the news. What was even crazier was that my uncle, the town dentist, was called on as Craig Rideout was a patient of his. My uncle had to provide dental records for Craig Rideout, as his body was so dismembered from chemicals and potentially the woodsy area he was left in. Months passed before the full news was revealed. As the prosecutor proved, the Rideout boy's mother and her boyfriend murdered Craig Rideout in his home through strangulation. She cleaned up the mess and enlisted her two younger sons to dispose of the body. So the Rideout boys, the kids me and Alex knew, went and gathered chemicals in a tarp to dispose of their own father. They were eventually caught near the scene of the crime, still wearing the clothes they used to dispose of the body, to which the officers confiscated and immediately took them in for questioning. Body cam footage of this interaction is available online and is super spooky. Their mother was found guilty. The boyfriend was acquitted, which is nuts because I'm certain he was the one who had to have strangled Craig Rideout. 
and the boys were found guilty of tampering with evidence to some degree. After the trial, Alex was talking and said, Wow, our school has got to be so shaken from this. To which I replied, Yeah, this was insane to be known for. Anyway, thank you for all you do, and I hope you enjoyed this brush with true crime of mine. Well, I was able to look that case up, and the mother was convicted of second-degree murder, two counts of tampering with evidence and burglary, and then one son, Colin, was was convicted of also of second-degree murder and two counts of tampering with evidence. The other son, Alex, was not guilty of murder but was guilty of tampering with evidence, and the boyfriend was not guilty of either. Wow. Not, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't there to hear the the evidence. You know, it sounds like they had it all in one trial, but of course, I just am reading one article from it. But they, the mother, tried to uh, appeal her conviction because she argued that her jury verdict was not unanimous. But the judge, at least as of September 2021, denied the motion for a new trial, so she's still in jail. The son that was convicted of tampering with evidence is out of jail already. So the second degree murder charge is 15 to 25 years in jail. So I think. They're both still That's wild. time. It's super sad to involve your kids in something that is this horrific and heinous. That's, I mean, you've destroyed their lives in more way than, yeah. than one. So, I mean, I don't know anything about the dad or what he was about. Um, regardless, it's a, you know, to ask your, your high school sons to go uh, dispose of their dad's body. And that's how they did it. And we have a, a good friend that is from Rochester, Renta High School there. I messaged her and said, do you know of these guys? And she did recognize the name. And she sent me pictures of the park where this body was found. And it's absolutely gorgeous. So wow. you wouldn't think that, you know, this would go on there. But when you're kids and that's all you know, then, you know, you got to go to the devil's bathtub, I guess, which is. For as what beautiful as this park is, what a name, because <laughs> it's very yeah. nice. What a name. Yeah. Well, this next one is from Faith, and it's called That Time My Dad Almost Had to Be In Real Life Liam Neeson. Hello. Quickly wanted to let y'all know I enjoy you both dearly. Christy, I heard you talking about going to see The National. My fiancé and I love them and are seeing them in Kansas City right before they perform at Red Rocks. Red Rocks. We're fucking pumped. Anyways, you guys are rad and shit, but let's get into it. I grew up in a town just outside of Joplin, Missouri, a smallish town with an obsession for high school football and mothers living through their teenage daughter's drama. Not relevant to the story whatsoever. I just love dissing the place. Our story begins with my father, an ex-Navy Marine corpsman, desperately needing the newest Call of Duty game ASAP. We do not blame him for the following events. Dude needed to play with the bros. The only place this game was available was a Walmart one town over. And so, my mother, father, and my 10-year-old ass began our trek to obtain this coveted video game and last-minute groceries at 8 p.m. Before we get any further, some backstory. I'm an only child. Not one of those gets-everything-they-want bitches, though. I'm pretty chill. One of my dad and I's main bonding points was him teaching me self-defense. Twisting towards the thumbs, arms break. Groin, neck, nose, always go for the knees, etc. His favorite saying was, keep your head on a swivel. He instilled upon me to always be aware of what is going on in case some shit goes down. He even sometimes went as far as to ask me what color a car we passed was, or what was on someone's shirt, just to test me. Okay, resuming the story. 
After grabbing all the necessities from the store, most important of all, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, we were making our way back to the truck. We always loaded groceries into the car together, some weird only child family bonding. But just as my mother and I began grabbing bags, my dad, in a very serious tone, said, Get in the truck. But, my mom began, Get in the fucking truck. Dad snapped back. Now, the man used to have anger issues. He's cooler now, but when he had a certain tone, you did not question anything he had to say. So my mom and I got into our designated seats, her in the passenger and me behind her, without question, only a knowing look at each other, thinking, the fuck is this guy's deal? He shoveled the produce-filled plastic bags into the back seat next to me, frantically looking around the entire time. I don't know why this specific part sticks in my brain, but I distinctly remember my mom saying, David, be careful, we have eggs. Makes me internally LOL every time. Dad shoved the cart into the abyss of the dark parking lot. Not in the designated spot, I know, but just wait. He got into the truck and unholstered his pistol before setting it next to him in his seat. Missouri is a concealed carry state. I'm wondering to myself why he's looking around so much when my door opens out of nowhere. In utter confusion, I turned to see a man reaching over my lap toward my seatbelt buckle, which I had buckled as soon as I sat down. He was tall, very thin, with chin-length blonde hair and a filthy red hat. His face was thin and aging, a bulbous, bony nose creeping down his face. My body went as far back as it could, slinking into my seat as if I were a part of it. I look over at my dad in sheer panic. He's already brandished his weapon, just enough for the twat waffle to see that he had it. Wrong fucking truck, my father said sternly. The man mumbled apologies and softly closed my door. He walked quickly to another truck just a couple of rows in front of us before the driver yelled and shouted at him and then raced out of the lot. Apparently the exact truck that held my father's attention in the events leading up to this. He saw Dick Nose Man and the driver staring us down and pointing in the dim lighting of the cabin bulb above them. The vibes were immediately off, and Daddy-O did not like it. The cops were called after the truck peeled out of the lot, but nothing came of it. But yeah, Dad definitely would have become a real-life Liam Neeson from Taken if need be. But luckily, he's never had to rescue my dumb ass. I always win three truths and a lie with this story— followed by concerned looks as I tell it while laughing. I love to use humor to cope because trauma makes the best jokes, but I've only recently realized this shit kind of made me paranoid as fuck. Getting in my car is a whole ordeal. I check for all the known trafficker markings and lock my door as soon as I open it. For a long time, I was absolutely terrified of being snatched by another slimy man. I'm still learning that you can be aware of your surroundings and not have to be paranoid 24-7. Anyways, I sincerely do not apologize for my foul language. I love the podcast so much. I hope I can see you live one day and meet you. If y'all want to go to a wedding in October, hit me up. Peace and love, Faith. I will say the title of this this thriller is Wrong Fucking Truck. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. great line from the dad. But that, I mean, I'm sure it's because of his you know, background in the military that he's like always on alert. But at any time, I think nowadays it's more prevalent to be that aware, mm -hmm. you know, especially in parking lots and things like that. But that's such a close call that to have someone that with 
the not just like they were eyeballing us or even like they walked close to us in the store to open the door of your truck. Holy shit. That's incredibly ballsy. I don't what was the plan to just snatch her before the parents mm-hmm. could realize and run off to the other truck? I mean, that's what it sounds like. I recently saw a ring doorbell footage of a little girl that a guy just looks left. He looks left. He looks right. And he grabs her by the arm and starts trying to pull her away. And luckily, the from little girl his, just from started, his car. He w- he got out of his car and walked up to her. She was on the front stoop. I don't know if she was like sweeping or what. She was just literally standing in front of the house. And he grabbed her arm and she just started screaming. And God. she like planted her feet and started screaming. And he like looks around and like power walks off. And they eventually went on, like caught him. But that I think that's the like <sighs> impulsive like. They're just going to grab him. Okay, go. Yeah. We have an opportunity. Grab him. That's so fucking scary. I've said many times my biggest fear as a kid was being kidnapped. And now my biggest fear as a parent is my kids getting kidnapped. And you mm-hmm. see all the time on TikTok. And sometimes people in the comments are like, this is fake. This didn't really happen. I don't know if it has or not. But lately, there is a lot of TikToks specifically about Walmarts where mm. human trafficking and kidnapping is happening. And wow. people either being approached in the store and i saw one the other day where this girl was like i was poisoned at two o'clock in the afternoon at a walmart and they tried to take me these this woman she said she looked just like me she didn't look creepy came up and was like hey do you want to smell this new perfume i'm selling and sprayed it on the woman's arm and the woman said she took a sniff and immediately started to lose consciousness it was kind of bizarre, though, because she said she, like, stumbled away and was able to take a picture, which there were some things that didn't entirely make sense. But then there was another one of a girl saying she was leaving and there were trafficker markers on her car. You know, they put, like, they say they put zip ties on your door handles because there's somebody watching you in the store. And then there's a team of people in the parking lot. And if they see a single woman or uh, a single mom that's there by herself, or usually it's a mom with a kid or something, they'll mark the car. So then the people in the parking lot know when they get back to the car, take them. And another woman said it happened to her and she had her baby and she was like carrying her baby and she made the Walmart people walk her out to her car and call the police. So all this to say, stay vigilant, keep your head on a swivel, Take a second to look around and and know what's going on because shit like this does happen and uh, it's terrifying. Well, and also, yeah, I mean, they say they do say when you sit in the car to go ahead and lock it yes. just for whatever yeah. purposes, carjacking, whatever that. purposes. I mean, you hate to, you know, I think there's a line between paranoia and it's a trauma response now from being trained that way. But you're absolutely right. Just paying attention to your surroundings. Not I'm, I'm the world's worst of like texting while I'm walking to my car or multitasking mm. or having my headphones in. And I have in recent, especially I never text and drive anymore after your uh, driver's license class. And you told me all <laughs> about the horrors of texting while driving, but also just like knowing to keep, you know, just keep your head on a mm-hmm. swivel. And I don't necessarily have to go. Everybody's here to attack me. But if some way approaches me, you know, you're aware and not just like <gasps> caught by surprise. Mm-hmm. And by the time they're that close to you, you're you know, on your my phone head was in my phone. Not paying attention. Yeah, for sure. Well, thanks, Faith. And thanks, David, Faith's dad, for uh, giving us those hot tips. Absolutely. So keep your head on a swivel and make note of what shirt they're wearing. <laughs> exactly. This next one is from Stacy, and shout out to Stacy. You sent this in previously in our. Uh, it was Freaky Friday episode number eight. You had informed us of this uh, very fun. Uh, 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 I can't say the word. Esthetician. Esthetician. You 
told us the story and we said, if you have any other stories, please send it to us. So this was back in April and now you've sent us an update. So the subject line from Stacy is extraterrestrial facial update. Hello, Heather and Christy. I wrote in a few months ago regarding an extraterrestrial facial experience. I went back this morning and have a bizarre update. I get a microneedling procedure that requires me to wait five to 10 minutes while a cream numbs my face. I was getting comfortable when the woman gets ready to begin the procedure. My esthetician, let's call her Shirley, not her real name, all of a sudden gets quiet and then starts tripping over her words. She asks, um, are, are you, you, you know, pregnant? I reply, not that I know of. She asks, have I ever told you the weird stuff about me? I was thinking about the alien conversation, but needed to know more about this pregnancy thing and stayed silent. Shirley then tells me that she is a psychic, and when she moved to the left side of my body, she heard from one of my guides that I could be pregnant. I have been feeling very queasy over the past two weeks and was about to go on a medication that I cannot use while pregnant. Yesterday, I literally had a conversation with my dermatologist about how I was not pregnant nor trying to conceive. Needless to say, I was freaking out inside. I told her more about what was going on and the new medication I was about to start. Shirley said that she isn't 100% certain, but there was a strong feeling that one of my guides or guardian angels was trying to tell her something. A few minutes go by, and she starts telling me stories about times when she has heard from the beyond. One time, she was giving a woman a pedicure. A voice kept telling her, tell my mom I didn't kill myself. She didn't want to say anything because it's a pretty awkward and upsetting thing to say out loud, but the voice wasn't going away. She told the woman that she seemed sad. The woman then says that her daughter recently died. Shirley told her she wants to tell you that she didn't kill herself. The woman told her that her daughter's death was ruled a suicide, but she never believed it. Shirley told her that her daughter was telling her that her husband was the one that killed her. The woman froze and then told her that she always believed it was the husband. She left and never came back. I paid the woman and immediately left to go get a pregnancy test. I am not pregnant. I'm feeling relieved as a new baby was not in my plans, but I am shook. I think I'll have a deeper conversation about this new medication with my dermatologist, just in case. I just had to give you all an update. Thank you so much for bringing me joy every Wednesday and Friday. Keep it creepy. Well, first of all, I just have to laugh at extraterrestrial facial because that <laughs> sounds like a very niche porn that certain people would be into. But in fact, it was just a uh, regular old facial. <laughs> They're like, the aliens abducted you. Did they probe you? No. I got a facial, Gosh, an extraterrestrial which is facial. worse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is worse. I wonder, however, if you are psychic and you touch people, if that, you know, giving someone a pedicure is kind of intimate, you're touching their feet, if that gives you some kind of an energy link to them or you're touching their faces, you know, or something like that. If you were normally like, sometimes I get messages or whatever, but being that close to people and that close to their energy, I wonder if that, if you already had a predilection for that, if touching them would then give you a more insight into them and like uh, maybe the spirits around them are like, oh, you're nearby them and you're a conduit. Maybe I can use you to pass this message on. Is it inappropriate? What, just to get the message? I don't think you can't help that. No, to, you're not going to see a psychic. So Correct. if you're just trying to get a pedicure and all of a sudden the woman doing your pedicure is like, your daughter's here. She wanted me to tell you she didn't kill herself. That's a lot. 
I was going to say, I guess that's why she kind of said, oh, you seem kind of sad. And if she opens the door, I think I would say there's more, there should be more space between my daughter recently died and she wants you to yeah. know. Yeah. You know, maybe go, oh, really? Well, you know, how are you dealing with that? It must be really difficult. And and then if she goes, well, it's really stressful because, you know, I think that it wasn't what they said it was. And then, if, you know, I would say let the person mm-hmm. open the door. Although I have a friend and I will encourage her to write into Freaky Friday, but she has a very non-related to anything psychic, woo-woo, any kind of a job. Very, And I say woo-woo as a person who believes in it, but any, a very... Uh, straight-laced corporate job and had a client in her office who said, by the way, I'm a psychic and there is an, uh, spirits around you and then like described them and sent messages and things like that. So it happens. It does happen. I think that these two things kind of make me prickle because you're you're talking about pregnancy and suicide. So those, you know, if you have intimate sought, things and you ha- you're going to get a fate, you're micro needling. What if, yeah. what if you've been trying to conceive and you've been having problems? You never know what right. somebody's going through, you know? So like to bring that up when you haven't asked for it, I think is a little, eh, maybe not, especially like you're paying for a service to like relax and have this done. Like, I'm not trying to talk about like my personal stuff. I don't know. I think Shirley, you might, if you want to do readings and stuff, maybe you do that. You do, yeah, I got a side gig, or you say, Hey, I feel like I have psychic powers. Something uh, is here FYI. talking to me. Would you like to hear what they have to say instead of just springing it on them? Because maybe they don't. I think that's a really good way to put it is saying, This is an op- option available to you. And I'm not going to you- charge you extra. It's not right. an add on. <laughs> It's not essential right. oils. Open to it. Not, <laughs> I know you're here for microneedling, but would you like me to rock the foundation yeah. of your soul right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's a, this uh, edistician seems a little wacky, if I may. Yeah. You know, not because she's a psychic. I think you can be a psychic and not be wacky, and you can be wacky and not be a psychic. She just happens to be both. And I'm, honestly, I'm a bit surprised she's still working there, unless <laughs> she also owns the place, because I imagine... <laughs> She does this with all of her clients, and then at some point, somebody has to have complained, I, I would think. but Or it's, it gets in the Google reviews <laughs> yeah. of like, well, not only did I get mm-hmm. uh, a beautiful microdermabrasion, but also I learned I got a message from my grandmother from beyond the grave <laughs> that the family treasure was hidden under the bench seat in her old house. You know what? If that's the message you're giving me, I'm all for it. I would love right, to here. send me to some some hidden money, please. Well, please, Stacey, if you go and see her again. Uh, you have to sure, at this point. We please, need, we need yeah. more content. Yeah, we got to hear. Yeah. And please. if this is in uh, our area, just drop us an email and let us know. Where's <laughs> it. We, won't, we won't put it on blast, but I will schedule an appointment. I would absolutely go to her. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for sharing that update with us. This next one is from Elizabeth Ryan, and the subject line is, I grew up in the world's most boring haunted house. I am from the small town of Norwell, Massachusetts, about 20 miles south of Boston. Though the Native American Wapanoag tribe occupied the land before the Europeans came barging in, shipbuilders plied their trade on the nearby river and began building homes in the 1700s. Our high school mascot was a clipper ship. One such boat captain built the house I grew up in and where my parents still live in 1759. It is, of course, haunted. 
The story goes that the captain had some terrible injury or disease that required the amputation of his leg, which took place in our now dining room. He may or may not have survived. That's not entirely clear. What is clear is that his ghost, we always just called him Albert, still occupies the house. But he's the world's most boring ghost. He would just do very benign, boring things when my brother and I were kids. Flush the toilets randomly, latch shut doors that have been open, and, most commonly, stomp around in our parents' room above the dining room so we could hear his every step. He must have had both legs in the afterlife. He never scared us, and we never saw him. It was like he would just do something every once in a while to remind us that he was there. Whenever the house did something weird, we attributed it to Albert, fairly or not. The closest he came to actually manifesting was a few years ago when my mom left her iPhone in the kitchen and came back a while later to find that the voice-to-text feature had been activated. There was a draft message that said, That great, but that you buy or were back on the first floor with Dr. John, performed operation. Guess it really hurt. Growls. Right here behind me. Women shouldn't heard crying. She thinks that she might have left the TV on, but we all know it was actually Albert playing with the new technology. Albert is still around to this day, being benign and boring, and sometimes entertaining the dog with things we just don't see. We love him. I love this. (laughs) I love a ghost that's like, I'm just here for a good time. You know, I'm just doing my own thing. Just like teasing a little bit, maybe getting frustrated sometimes, but also I wonder if I imagine the 1750s ghost being like, you know, when you push that metal thing, the water goes out. (laughs) I want to do it again. It swirls around. It's, it's fun. I don't, I don't know. You can flush things down it. You drop something and and it disappears. And like the way back in my day, we had a little hook and a latch. Now you twist this thing, Mm -hmm. closes the door, listen to it, click, 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 click. And Albert's just like. What? Wait a minute. What is this thing? Or and Andy's pushes- like, I got both my legs now. <laughs> and right. he's just like, I'm going to make did the it, most did of did this. Did dancing he's around. He's tap dancing, mm-hmm. river dancing. And when he finds an iPhone, he pushes the microphone button, is like looking around. Well, nobody's around. <laughs> Fuck it. And he starts trying to talk. But since he's a ghost, they only get every other word. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that Albert is there and that you all have just embraced him. And you're like, all right, he's here. Albert is a much better ghost than the hamster ghost because the hamster yes. ghost was doing things that were just enough annoying to like ruin your day like Mm -hmm. where's the fucking lid to my food processor i can't use this without a lid or you're running late and you only have one shoe and you can't find the other one that stuff no thank you that's a troll ghost Mm -hmm. i hate that where they're like (laughs) that's the evilest ass kind of ghost yeah not even the demons that come and you know because you fight those holy water whatever but the one that's just like Bet you can't find your keys. Yeah, I'm like, you're like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it, it it that's the kind of stuff that like changes your whole day for sure. But I like a fresh bowl. So if Albert wants to come and flush all mm-hmm. my toilets so that I don't go in and see remnants or anything, I'm into that. Do I'm, it. I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, throw a little one of those little blue things in there that makes it all clean <laughs> for him every now and then. We love it. I also <laughs> forgot to say on the the one where they're going to the national. Oh yeah, faith. Heather is now also going, and I'm oh, very yes. stoked. She's she's coming. We're we leave on Sunday. I'm so excited. I got my Crocorados, my yeah. Colorado themed Crocs. <laughs> I will post photos. I'm very excited. I can't wait to be in the land of Denver. Uh, well, thank you, Elizabeth, for writing in about Albert, and please send him our regards. Mm-hmm. And this last one, this one, 
spine tingling. Yeah, yeah. I this is the one I'll be thinking about for a while. It makes me like, Whoa. yeah. And we're about to go stay in a hotel. That's so true. awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well, this one is from Kitty, and the subject line is "Not all guests are welcome." Hey, ladies, love the podcast, love the two of you, but let's get into it, shall we? I have worked for five years at an independent, non-chain motel as a housekeeper. We're super popular, number one on TripAdvisor for our city, and always busy. So one day, I'm given my list of rooms to complete. I'm working on the fourth highest floor, and I head into a vacant room to clean. The room next door was going to be staying another night, and an older man, probably late 50s, early 60s, tells me he's headed downstairs for breakfast, so he's fine if I take care of his room now. There was nothing that struck me as odd about the guy. Relatively short, balding, pretty thin, so I head over to take care of his room. I prop open the door, and the first thing I notice is about 20 pill bottles lined up neatly on one bed. All of them are of just two prescriptions, one for cholesterol, one for diabetes. A little weird, but whatever. I go to make his bed, and I realize he has food staining the sheets and blanket. I strip the bed and close the door so I can go get clean linens. We never leave an open door unattended. I get what I need, go back, and open up his room again. As I'm looking for a clear spot to set down the clean bedding, I notice a note sitting on the TV armoire. No big deal, until I notice the word kill scrawled on it. I set the linens down and look at it more closely. It says, you don't have to forgive her. You just can't kill her. You are here to take money and drugs from you. Get over having to kill her, and you can safely leave. My heart is in my butt at this point, but I see what looked at first like a shopping or to-do list next to it. It says, spray and wash, sign up for Medicare, insubordination, the soul is healed by being with children, bank card follow-up, crossed out, inheritance savings, Kauai Pop 10,500, MAP, Montana, there will be a day of reckoning. Did you tell my mom what I said? How did Bev get my address? There is a bunch of scribbled out stuff at the bottom, but I was thoroughly spooked at this point. I did not want to be in this room for another minute. I dropped what I was doing, took pictures of the notes, and noped out. As the door closed behind me, I turned and I see the man not 10 feet from me. I put on a smile and say, I'll be back in a bit. I need more supplies. And I hustle toward the elevator where I see our maintenance man waiting. He sees me and notices I'm shaken. I give him a quick version of what I found, and then I'm taking the pictures to my boss to show her why I refuse to be in that room. This guy just does not feel safe. Well, my boss and our GM looked at the notes and agreed with me that even if the man is mentally unwell, and these are just his ramblings, he talked about children and we have to keep all guests and staff safe. So, in the end, he was asked to leave, and he was fully blacklisted from the hotel. Maybe he was planning to kill someone from his room? Maybe he had? Who is Bev? I don't know, but I hope she's safe. But trust your instincts. They're probably right. I still have the pictures of these notes if you want to see them. Yeah. Absolutely, uh, I do. Hood podcast at gmail.com. Please, please. Send, please send that in. Oof. So much of this is um, so creepy. And I was thinking as you were reading this, there's we could do probably many episodes 
of shit people have seen that work at hotels. Mm-hmm. If you work at a hotel, have worked at a hotel, and you've got Freaky Friday stories, send them in. Because if did you ever see Four Rooms with Tim Roth? Great movie. Oh, man, a long time ago. Yeah. But, like, crazy shit goes on in hotels. Paris just watched the end of that the other day. He worked at, he was the night auditor at a hotel when he was in college. And he has, probably has some stories. I'll tell him to write them in. Oh, yeah, he should. Yeah, a lot of wild stuff happens at hotels. Mm -hmm. So let's break it down. You don't have to forgive her. You just can't kill her. You are here to take money and drugs from you. Get over having to kill her and you can safely leave. It sounds to me... Like he's having a a mental episode of of some yeah. sort, and maybe this is hallucination or something. T- talking to voices in his head, or, or you know, he hears voices or something like that. It's um, it none of it sounds like he was doing okay. Yeah, struggling somehow mm-hmm. for sure. And I want you know, you're like, well, I wonder whose name was on the pill bottles. Is it somebody he was trying to poison or his own pills, mm-hmm. and he. Should have been taking him and hadn't taken him or who knows. But that is, I think, doing the absolute right thing of like, oh, I'll just be right back. Like, uh, no, no worries. Yeah, like, no. Not like, yeah. what the fuck was that list, man? No. You just got to be like, see you later, Bye. BRB. It's very strange that you would allow the housekeeper in knowing that you got all this shit just laying around. Right. I think that's a that collection of items and notes is a little bit of a do not disturb on the doorknob <laughs> kind of a thing. I, like, you know, I would think, but. If he's not in his right state of mind, perhaps he's not even, you know, aware of it or thinking about that. But let's break down what looks like a shopping or a to-do list. And the way it was sent in, Kitty, it is like a list. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like one on top of the other, like if they were bullet points. Spray and wash? Well, that's what I use to get stains out of my kids' laundry. Right? That's so, the tough stain, like, mm-hmm. resolve type of stuff, right? Sign up for Medicare? Why would you want to be doing that? Either it was time you had medical issues and you needed coverage. Uh, hopefully, I mean, because you can't really get money out of, mm-hmm. like, if you kill someone, you couldn't, like, get money out of Medicare. So maybe they did. They needed to sign up for Medicare sooner so they could get treatment for whatever mm-hmm. they're going through. Insubordination could pertain to the workplace or a relationship if you perceived them as being beneath you. Yeah, if somebody argued with you mm-hmm. or something. Now, the soul is healed by being with children is very alarming. I, yeah. I, at first blush, I thought perhaps he's speaking of his own children, not that that makes it any less creepy, and he thinks by being with them. But he doesn't say with my children, it's just with children. And being with, I think, is up to interpretation. If you yeah. see, like, I see memes. I have, I'm friends with my friend's parents, and it'll be like, grandchildren are the flowers of your soul, mm-hmm. and being the smile of a child will heal your heart. But in context here, that's kinda, yeah, yeah, that's off putting. Bank card follow up that she said was crossed out, inheritance savings. So now we're getting into some weird stuff where you're like, it sounds like money's involved and then when you go back to you can't kill her you just have to forgive her and then you tie in money we can all draw some conclusions from that Kauai pop 10,500 Kauai is, I was like, is Hawaii population oh yeah okay yeah but it says Kauai county the population is 71,000 as of 2020 hmm. so maybe 
I don't know if it's like a city in Kauai, like, but Kauai is, says it's a county, a county in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So consists of the islands of Kauai, maybe the island, Kauai Island. We're going to solve this, y'all. Yeah. Not so, I mean, 000. you know, this is all speculation, but say he's trying, to, he's planning on killing someone or maybe just like going off the grid and trying to go into hiding and he's looking into Kauai or Montana because he's trying to map Montana. Yeah, I've, that that's another place to escape to. There will be a day of reckoning. Sounds uh, very doomsday-ish. We don't love that. No, cultish or just that somebody's going to pay for what they've done. Revenge, some type of revenge, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the last two, especially this one, did you tell my mom what I said? Is almost as if he's speaking to someone. Or you're showing a note to somebody. Like if yeah. you're talking on the phone and somebody's in the room with you and you need to like write them a question, you know, you show it to them like, yeah, did you tell, you know. And how did Bev get my address? We don't know who Bev is. Is he asking that to himself? Just wondering out loud. Is this mm-hmm. again to someone else or somebody of a voice or something? It's very eerie. Definitely. Especially when you can't put the pieces together and maybe there's a perfectly rational explanation Eh, even so, this is disturbing content. Yeah, even if there is, there's some of this. If there will be a day of reckoning and the soul is healed by being with children when in there, maybe. But nah. the rest, those two are huge red flags, especially when you look at the whole picture. And you don't have to forgive her. You just can't kill her. Yeah, the word kill. Yeah. Get over having to kill her and you can safely leave. This all sounds, yeah. That, and then you include references to bank, inheritance, mm-hmm. money, so Children. motive. And then spray and wash, cover up. And then also the population of Kauai or maps of Montana, the escape route. So when you start to piece it all mm-hmm. together, maybe there's a rational explanation. But boy, it sounds rough. <laughs> it sure sounds rough. I think the hotel did... Um, the right thing, I yeah. probably would have taken it a step further and also called the cops. Maybe they did. She, Kitty didn't mm-hmm. mention that. Because who knows? You know, I mean, yeah. at least because then maybe if something does happen, they're like, oh, shit, this sounds like that guy that the mm-hmm. hotel called us about. Yeah, he was at that hotel mm-hmm. at this date and this time. And like you said, I don't know who Bev is. hope Bev is safe. I hope. But you got to if somebody's mentioning harm and also children, even if it's not right, right by each other, you still just got to be on the safe side. And because if he were to attack somebody in the hotel, oh, yeah. the hotel has no responsibility or third party criminal acts unless they're aware of the possibility. And so it's like you, you've now put the uh, the employee has put her superiors on notice and said, hey, this guy wrote a bunch of stuff about kids killing spray and wash. And then if he commits a crime in the hotel, you know, you're aware of it and you didn't put a stop to mm-hmm. it. The other guest safety is at risk. Yeah. You got to bounce them. Yeah. Good job, Kitty. And Kitty, we would love a follow up with those follow. pictures of the notes. But also, I'd love to hear how y'all told him he had to leave. Yeah. And what, his what reaction he was. said. Yeah. Because uh, that would be, I mean, I- I'm assuming nothing uh, wild happened or she would have included it. But I'd still like to know how, how that was handled. Definitely not. That's one of those where it's like, you tell him. No, you I tell know, your manager right? and you're like, I think that's okay. the safety in numbers thing. And you do it right. in like the lobby. So there's witnesses right. and you're out of his room and stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you all for these. These were some ones that will stick with us 
for a while. So thank you so much for sending them in. If you have one you would like to send in, an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush of true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at SinisterHood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the rolling the airwaves and getting into it tiers, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode. This last month was the TikTok conspiracy of Bebop and BB, and coming up this month, we have a digital cryptid we're going to cover. It's pretty disturbing. You also get patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And this week we have a uh, video of Christie reviewing Bloody Marys across the U.S. So good. I watched it last night. I haven't seen the the one where you put some new things in. I'm going to watch that after this. But it's it's so good. Y'all will hope. I said this is our pilot for our (laughs) travel channel show where we go around the country and eat and drink I feel like our pilot is the Randonautica video that's true i think we can have two I shows we, guy fietti has yeah. grocery games and diners true. triple d so yeah we can do both we could we could do so many you also have the fun perk of access to our discord server where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime share personal ghost stories or just post adorable pictures of your pets we hop on occasionally and we host monthly q a's on crowdcast where you can ask us all your burning questions for patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. And if you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com. Click on shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod, like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and find us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you on the computer? I'm on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO and Instagram at Christy M. Wallace. Heather? Uh, you can find all my hot tweets at MCK versus the world and my recorder skills are available <laughs> on my TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. <laughs> <laughs>